You're listening to Fight in Progress. With your hosts and stress coaches, founder of Under the Shield, Susan Simmons, and TomTheBomb.com. Fight in Progress grapples with the internal and external struggles in the daily lives of our men and women in law enforcement, the armed forces, and first responders. Tackling the tough topics and supporting those who support us. We hear you, and we're here for you. All right, welcome back to Under the Shield presents Fight in Progress. I think we're up to episode 42, 42 or 43, somewhere in that range. And at 43. 43. Right. And Tom continues to come back and be abused here <laughs> by me. That's TomTheBomb.com for those of you who might be just joining us. And we have a very interesting guest today, Tom. This is someone I've known for a few years now. We've gotten into some trouble over in L.A. before. <laughs> um, <laughs> nothing compared to what he would normally get into, I assure you. But right. Anyway, Randy Sutton, welcome to the program. Uh, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, we're honored to have you here, and it turnabout's fair play. You had me on your show a few years ago, so it was only fair I turn around and get you back on mine. I, I couldn't agree more, <laughs> and we got lots to talk about. We do have lots and lots to talk about. So tell me how you are. Well, I'm doing pretty good now. Um, I... Uh, I'm about uh, 18 weeks out of um, quadruple bypass surgery, which oh. I did not expect. Well, way to let and, people uh, know about it so we can be praying over you, buddy. Well, I've, <laughs> I, I, I survived it. I kicked ass. I feel great. That doesn't surprise so, uh, me. <laughs> it, 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 did, it slowed me down for just a little, for a few weeks. But I, was, I actually did a Fox News interview three days after I got out of, out of ICU. You're so, kidding. So I'm not letting it slow me down. <laughs> you know, and again, I don't know why I even act like I'm surprised by that. <laughs> well, I'm glad you are through that. And I thought you were going to say COVID or something like, you know, most of the world. I had that too. Oh. I had that too. That was, that was, uh, it didn't, didn't really have much of an effect on me. I was going to say, I bet you kicked its ass too. I did. I did kick its ass. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> So, um, fill us in, uh, give us a quick background on you. I certainly know your, your history and everything you've been involved in, but, uh, for our audience, let's make sure they know who the infamous, you actually retired as a Lieutenant, didn't you? Yep. Yep. I did. Um, so I did a total of 34 years as a police officer. I did 10 years in a small town of Princeton, New Jersey, and then got very bored working for a small department. And uh, picked up, started all over again in Las Vegas Metropolitan Police, where I did a total of 24 years, uh, retiring as a field lieutenant. And along the way, I did a bunch of other things. I was uh, I was uh, on the TV show Cops a whole bunch of times. I was in yes, you a number were. of movies, including uh, Casino and Fools Rush In and uh, Miss Congeniality, et cetera, and um, wrote four books. And, um, and, uh, did a lot of, got my, my a radio show called blue lives radio, the voice of American law enforcement. And, um, now what I'm doing is probably the most important thing I've ever done. Yes. And that is, uh, I founded an organization, a nationwide charitable organization called the wounded blue, yes. which is the national assistance and support organization for injured and disabled law enforcement officers. And we've, helped almost 10,000 officers in the last two and a half years since we actually opened our doors. And I think you were, you were there at police week when we actually went operational. I was, we were, we were the infamous guest for some reason <laughs> with that, with an organization <laughs> of wives. Um, and I, I think I still have my cigar that you brought me with a, now the yingling I drank, even though that was like 10 o'clock in the morning and, you're looking at me like, what's the problem with that, Susan? <laughs> no, there is no, there is no problem with that. <laughs> Not when I'm hanging out with you, but, but here, here on 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 your uh, nonprofit you started because that is something that has really been lacking in law enforcement, and you know it was it was always a sad statement to think you had to die to get anything for your family and being wounded. Oh well, or to be taken care of. Yes. Yeah, just like well, yeah. that's part of your job. It, it, it is really shocking the way 
our officers are treated once they are uh, seriously injured or disabled. Now, and this is actually one of the one of the uh, toughest issues to combat when you're trying to raise awareness and and money. Yes, because everybody has been conditioned to believe that if you're a cop and you get seriously injured in the line of duty, you're going to get great medical attention and you're going to get taken care of. <laughs> and if you're in New York City or a couple other places, that that'll that probably will happen. Okay. Where they have strong unions and strong workers comp laws. Sure. But in the in the in the in the real world, um, officers are being literally discarded once they become seriously injured. Um, and that and I don't and I'm t- talking about physically. If you talk about the psychological injuries, oh, yeah. post traumatic stress injury, we're talking a whole different uh, dynamic. And and it's I mean there's still states, Susan, as you well know. You can go in and ask for help. They'll fire you. Absolutely. Well, I know in so, Arizona, Randy, and I'm sure you know this because you spent some time here, but, you know, in Arizona, an officer, if he can't, he or she can't get back to work in one year, um, you're, you're out. And you go. That's, that's actually the, in the majority of states. So if, if your department isn't inclined to give you a light duty job, say you're too severely injured to go back to the street. Right. Um, they'll they'll just toss you aside like 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 yesterday's garbage. Yep. And that's happening literally all over the country. And you know what's the magic number about twelve months for every type of injury? Uh, you know why why twelve months? That's just crazy. Just it's an arbitrary number. It's an arbitrary number, and and uh, I mean the the reality is that um, you know many of these men and women can't ever go back to a full duty job because of the severity of their injuries. Sure. They're getting shot, they're getting stabbed, they're getting beaten, they're getting hit by cars. And we owe it to these men and women to give them what a, a, a somewhat normal life, at least give them enough money to raise their family and, mm-hmm. and put food on the table and give them medical attention. But that's not happening in a lot of places. You know, it's, I- it's stunning. Well, we had an officer that was part of our, our team in Alabama that was in pursuit of a meth lab, and somebody in the truck in front of him shot him with a, a thirty eight, and literally he saw it come through the windshield, turned his head, and it tunneled around the side of his head. And he had a TBI from it. Um, you know, you wouldn't know it just talking to him, but if, you know, if he's talking to Joe and Bob walks up, he forgets Joe is there. So that's not the kind of thing that a cop can do. And after 12 months of trying to rehab and, and all that stuff, I, all I know is they gave him enough money to literally buy a used van. That's all he got. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, it's, it's shocking. The, uh, you know, I don't know if you have seen our documentary film, but we have an amazing documentary film called The Wounded Blue. I have, and Service. it is amazing. I, I watched that right before the show today. Yes. Now, tell me if, if, if first of all, it didn't bring tears to your eyes and 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 piss you off at the same time. Every time exactly. I watch it. Exactly. <laughs> Every time I watch yeah. it, yes. And but here's my thing, Randy. Are you seeing any changes come about since you're bringing this to the forefront? We actually had a little win um, just a few weeks ago. Um, many many officers um, and police departments. Have, are unaware of the police officers, uh, PSOB police, um, uh, oh, the bill the of officer rights. Bill. Yeah, no, it's not the bill of rights. It's the uh, public safety officer benefit, oh, okay. um, by the department of justice. Now, everybody knows that if you get killed in a line of duty, your family is going to get a one-time award of about $360,000. What most do not know is that that same benefit is available under the Department of Justice for a severely disabled officer. Really? So, yeah, and and that's one of the things that we help people to apply for, because many, many are unaware that that benefit even exists. So, and, and of course, it has been, it has been so difficult to get the red tape of the Department of Justice has made this this a really really difficult 
um, a very difficult thing to to get. Um, so we have been working over the last couple of years. Heidi Paulson is uh, on my board of directors and is the wife of a severely disabled officer, and she's been working tirelessly um, to change the 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 laws mm-hmm. and make it less difficult to get the the PSOB, and it actually um, it actually is is making its way through Congress. It was actually passed unanimously, believe it or not, by Republicans and Democrats recently. And so it is under review right now. Of course, you know, with the with the deadlock in the Senate, um, you know, it's it's or excuse me, the deadlock in Congress. um, Senate has approved it. So it's um, we this is the first really significant um, win we've seen as far as uh, legislatively now. Our approach, our our mission is very simple. Improve the lives of injured and disabled officers through what we call SEAL, support, education, assistance, and legislation. Sure. And uh, and we we use those um, avenues to try and change the the uh, the trajectory here of of uh, you know of officers. How long has that federal benefit? been out there for injured officers it's actually been there since the law was in, in, put into effect but they but nobody told anybody about it <laughs> and i assume there's a statute of limitations on that thing well there was that's another thing that we that we uh have now um worked on that that statute is being uh they're they're lengthening the years <laughs> so people can go back now that didn't know about it, that were not informed about it. Wow. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Bless you. And um, and apply for it. So we've we've seen a significant increase in the number of officers who have made application that we've assisted, and it's a very onerous task. I can tell I you bet. that they're not giving away 360k just you know on on your say so. Um, there's a there's a lot of red tape you got to go through, but it's it's happening. And that's a, that is literally life-saving stuff. Yes. Sure. Life-saving for and, these officers. And PTSD is covered also, or is it just physiological? It's not covered. It is not covered. Okay. Is that something so we're that's working? A, that's also something that we're working on. <laughs> I'll help you fight that fight. <laughs> well, we, we, we are fighting that fight all the time. Well, yeah. It, you know, it's amazing how they, that's, that is something that departments will use against an officer, but when you turn around and try to get something beneficial for them, then they throw their hands up and, and don't want to do anything about that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. So you've got to get this bill, this new bill that makes it easier through both houses before, or it's, it is available now, it's just very complex and it is, avail- it. it is available now it is available now yes okay officers so now it's there's a pretty high bar you 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 have to be you have to be um have really significant injuries you can't you can't now one of the things that we that were that we put into the into the language is um that that your injuries are so significant you can't you can no longer be a Work as a work as a law enforcement officer. Okay. Okay. Um, but it used it, because before you had to pretty much be completely one hundred and twenty percent disabled. You couldn't you couldn't do anything. Um, that's we've 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 seen some uh, some uh, flexibility there now. Okay. So, but it's still you know you you. you if you can go off and you can do something else and, and make and make a, a living, mm-hmm. uh, they're 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 not going to just give you three hundred sixty thousand bucks. Sure, you have to be you have to be significantly uh, disabled. And again, that's so subjective. And who who makes that determination? It's, it's very, it is very subjective, and it is um, you go through it is it is red tape from hell getting through it 
but we have seen we've seen some loosening. That's what that's what Senator Grassley. We've been working with his office, and he's very much on our side. Nice. And he's he's, he's made he's made some significant progress um, loosening it up. So that's we're we're really fighting hard for that right now. Well, I've done some things in Andy Biggs' office, our congressman here in the west in the East Valley of Phoenix. Um, you know, if there's some way I can help and go talk to to everybody in his office, I'm more than happy to do that. Have you had any dealings with him? I have not. Mm-hmm. He's very pro law enforcement. I that I do know because we actually tried to do a law enforcement appreciation type thing that that you know with covid and everything else that's happened in this world it just didn't work out um but i know he is very very pro law enforcement so um i'm happy to reach out and, you know if you can send me any of the stuff that you have that i can walk in and talk like i'm halfway educated about this bill um i'm happy to do it well i'll take you up on that good <laughs> And if, if worse comes to worse, I'll make you come out here and we'll both go after him. There you go. <laughs> that might make him cave right off the bat. <laughs> Talk to us about this conference, because I did not know anything about that, that it's coming up, what, Halloween? Um, on, so, so here's here's what, we, what we're doing, and I'm very excited about this. Okay. Um, we are putting on the, our first, and this will be an annual event, the first um, law enforcement survival summit to be held in Las Vegas, October 28th through the 30th. And, um, and it, this is going to be, this will be one of the most important and significant law enforcement conferences that, um, that, that officers can attend because it's going to, it's going to have every aspect of, surviving a law enforcement career. I've got uh, wow. literally some of the most incredible um, presenters mm-hmm. that are going to be, that are going to be attending this. And um, it's going to be in Las Vegas. Uh, I know that you are very familiar with Dr. Kevin Gilmartin. Yes. And uh, who of course is the author of the best-selling book, Emotional Survival to Law Enforcement. Mm-hmm. And he is, uh, he is participating in this with me. About, I've got uh, Jason, Jason Schechter Lee is coming. Of course. Good. Who is one of the most incredible speakers on survival. Um, he, he's of course survived uh, a, a, a tragic fire that his patrol car um, trapped him in. And he was, he was horribly burned. Yes. And 2001. Yeah. Right here in Phoenix. And, uh, right there in Phoenix. Yep. I've got uh, 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 Buck Savage, Dave <laughs> Smith. We just had Buck is, on the podcast. <laughs> did, he, so Buck and and his and his wife uh, Betsy are, are probably two of the most qualified tactical survival instructors in the country. Yes. And um, in fact, I was just literally I, I just was with her in New York yesterday. Um, we were. I got back yesterday. We were. Uh, um, both guests on Pete Hegg's show called um, American Warrior. Yes. And for the for the first time in in the history of the show, uh, Modern Warrior, excuse me, um, they've they've always had military. For the first time, they had four cops on the show. Wow. And uh, yeah, and Betsy was there. Myself, a young officer who just gave up. Uh, because of the all of the uh, traumas that have faced law enforcement, he was ten years into his career and, and just quit mm-hmm. in um, in um, Ohio. And then Gary McCarthy, who was the deputy commissioner of police in New York and the superintendent of police in Chicago. Nice. So it was a very powerful. It was a very powerful uh, show. It's going to air, I think, twelfth or thirteenth on. Uh, a number of the Fox platforms. Terrific. So, so this, but this lineup of instructors, uh, Vicki Newman, who wrote how to love your cop. So it's every aspect. It's, it's how to survive tactically, physically, emotionally, psychologically, legally, um, relationship survival, 
So it's, it's really going to be a, 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 an amazing conference. And, you know, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, Susan, but one of my jobs with the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police was I was the supervisor of advanced training for a number of years. I did not know that. So I attended, I attended, I, I couldn't count the number of law enforcement conferences I went to <laughs> in order to evaluate instructors, et cetera. And um, even the really good ones tended to be a little long and boring. Mm -hmm. So I made sure that this is not going to be that. Good. So on, the, on Thursday, the first day, we have two keynotes a day. Um, and then that evening, we've got Mike Mancini, the world's funniest cop, is going <laughs> to be performing for us. Good. And then on, on Friday, we are having a full-blown country concert. Oh, wow. boy. <laughs> and the, the, guy who is, uh, the guy who is uh, performing is named Ryan Weaver. He's amazing. He is a retired military Black Hawk helicopter pilot, combat pilot, who lost both of his brothers in combat. And he talks about grief. He is a, he is a presenter at this conference. I think I've but he is also him. an award-winning country performer, having performed at Madison Square Garden and the, um, and the uh, Grand Old Opry. Nice. So I got a sponsor. It's paying his band to fly in from all over the country. Wow. And we're going to have a full-blown country concert. <laughs> That's and awesome. then Saturday night, Saturday night is the Brothers in Blue Bash. This is, this is our major fundraising event and the largest celebration of law enforcement, unity, and pride in America. Wow. So this is going to be a hell of a conference. Um, I really urge any of your listeners who are in law enforcement or um, have suffered post-traumatic stress and, and left law enforcement to attend this, mm -hmm. uh, bring your spouse because it's, it's inexpensive. It's $295 for the, for the entire thing. That includes breakfast and lunch. And then the hotel is charging less than a hundred bucks. It's a beautiful boutique hotel called the Ahern hotel. And it's going to be nothing there's going to be no one allowed in this hotel except for us. Nice. Wow. Now, is that price per person, or is there a couple's yes. rate? The, if they bring their their spouse, mm -hmm. they, they they can their spouse can attend the the um, the seminar. Okay. Um, we're just not not paying for their for their meals. Okay. And how do they find out about it? Go to my website, thewoundedblue.org. That's www the wounded blue one word dot org and uh, look under the events because it's going to be it's going to be great plus i have another event coming up just in in 11 days september 11th i will be in st petersburg florida mm -hmm. and this is kind of fun this is this is pretty cool we are um working with a guy named billy mcgee's world of pickleball <laughs> and we are having a 12-hour pickleball <laughs> marathon in St. Petersburg, Florida, to benefit the Wounded Blue and to commemorate 9/11. And <laughs> oh. so people never forget. Uh, we've got we've got a 35-foot replica of the World Trade Center mm -hmm. being built. We've got a $50,000 pickleball court. Did you know? I didn't know this. Pickleball is the Fastest growing sport in America. I have heard that recently. Millions, millions of people are playing it. Yes. And our goal is to get a million pickleball players across the country to tune in on our television station and play pickleball, register. So that we know that you're playing and just play along during this 12 hour marathon. We've got celebrities playing. Um, we've got a whole bunch of retired football players playing. and the world champion pickleball player is going to teach me how to play pickleball uh, on television. I will tune in if for nothing yeah, it'll else. It'll be worth it just for that. To watch just for that. Randy Sutton trying to play pickleball. <laughs> I know, I know. It, that, it's that, going to be, that'll be, that might raise a million worth the dollars. Price of right there. <laughs> that's right. Have you ever played before? Negative. Tell the truth. 
I can picture you out somewhere in Vegas practicing somewhere. And I am, I, and I am not the most coordinated fellow, quite honestly. <laughs> Did so, you ever play tennis it's, it's, or or ping pong or no, any of those I never, things? I've never played anything. I've never played anything. <laughs> yeah, this so this is going to be, be kind of fun. That, that, but the whole thing is, uh, I'll be talking about the wounded blue during the entire performance, during the entire day, the event, and we're hoping to raise a lot of money for the wounded blue. He set up Billy McGee has set up a GoFundMe account for us. And uh, I'm really, I'm really hopeful that, that we're going to a get awareness out about our organization and b the people will give five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever they can do. Well, and I have to ask you this because we've run into this question over the last few months. And I'm sure it's a question around the country with many places about what nonprofits like under the shield and the wounded blue, what we do with the money. Tell us about what you're doing, yeah. how that is actually being utilized. Right. Now, that's, that's this is one of the, you know, police charities. The unfortunate reality is there's a bunch of scammers out there. Yep. Sure is. Um, and they are, they are literally ruining it for legitimate organizations like ours. Yes. Because, um, you know, people are getting inundated, you know, and, and here's, here's what I really believe that most people trust and believe in their police. Yes. And, and they want to help. But what's happening is you get these telemarketers or you get these, these, um, uh, you know, sketchy charities that, that, you know, where they're, you know, spending 90% of the funds on salaries and, uh, and parties. Mm -hmm. So what we do with our money is, um, none of us take salaries. Okay. This, uh, we've, we've helped almost 10,000 officers in the last two and a half years with our programs. And we, uh, we provide peer support. Uh, I have a, a fully trained team. Mm -hmm. Everybody on my team has been shot, stabbed, beaten, run over, screwed up and screwed over by their agencies. Right. And, but they still want to continue to serve. Sure. And they do so admirably. I mean, think of this, think of that number, 10,000. Yeah. Individual peer supports in just two and a half years. It's a lot. We also, it's it's immense. But we we do more than just lend an ear. We help people get into treatment if they need it. We have an incredible program called Code Four Total Wellness, and we give this to officers in need. They get twenty four hour day telemedicine with licensed MDs. They get deep discounts on prescriptions on medical imaging, and they get CAPER, the Confidential Assistance Program for Emergency Responders, would give them and their families unlimited visits with psychologists for nothing. Wow. Wow. And because it's telemedicine, it doesn't matter where they're located in the country. It's all being Correct. done over the Internet anyway. Wow. Well, actually, yes, but they, if, they're, if they are in the same vicinity, they can actually have physical business as well. Terrific. It's, it is amazing. It is saving lives. Um, we, uh, I'll give you an example. Um, there was a, a, a police sergeant down in Alabama who was brutally murdered. He was, he was drawn into an ambush, um, brutally, brutally murdered. 22 man police department never had an officer, killed before are you talking about steve it, steven yeah I am. yeah yeah he yeah he was one of our admins on our facebook page at one time really good guy he, really good guy so we went down i met with the entire police department mm -hmm. along with eddie richardson my ceo and jenny hill my uh my peer support team leader and we met with the chief and the whole department and we gave every single one of those officers Code for total wellness. Wonderful. And, and the chief called me a couple months later, and he was absolutely um, so impressed with what we did for them. He said, Randy, I don't, I don't think you know the impact. And I said, well, I, I think I do. He said, I'll tell you why you don't. My cops make $15 an hour. Yep. He says they could never have afforded the copay to go to even – two or three visits with a psychologist. That's right. And he said they're using it and he, and it, and they and it's making a difference. 
Well, you know what? To me, that is the whole reason that we exist. So we're, we are, we are, we are making a difference. I know that I personally have been told by a number of people that we saved their lives. Absolutely. That they were going to so I know that I know that what we're doing is is important. It is effective. Nobody's taking any money. I hope someday, uh, if we if we can, you know, swing it because right now, you know, you're trying to raise money is 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 really tough. It's difficult. Uh, I I hope that we will be able to uh, to uh, pay our executive director uh, what he deserves. I mean, he's working he's working his butt off and some other salaried employees, hopefully someday. Um, we are anticipating next year uh, beginning opening chapters all over the country, physical chapters. We've got, we've had so many people contact us and say, we want to open a chapter. Wow. In, and so what we're going to be doing is uh, we've already got, we've got 25 States that that have people that want to open chapters already, and we haven't we haven't we haven't done anything to propose this. These are people that came to us, right? So um, we are actively creating a plan to implement uh, beginning in January, where we will be opening chapters across the country. Do you have any idea of a head count of approximately how many officers in this country? meet the criteria for what your organization does? Every officer in this country meets the criteria for what we do. Okay. We are, we are literally a, and this is what makes us so unique, Susan. We are literally a resource for every single officer in this country to provide peer support for them. And not only that, but police agencies as well. Now you and I both know we've been around this, this block a number of times. Yes, we have. And we know that that even departments that try to do it right <laughs> with peer support often fail because of the distrust that the officers have for their administrations. Exactly. And e- even those that are, that are doing it right. I mean, my my de- my old department, Las Vegas Metro, had a very and 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 they and they really their heart was in the right place is in the right place mm-hmm. to provide peer support. But the cops simply don't trust their bosses. Right. They're afraid of they're afraid of, of a breach in confidentiality or the word getting out and, and we all know there's this massive stigma when it comes down to asking for help. Sure. So we we provide a, a um, an avenue that we don't owe anybody allegiance except for the cops. So departments have been reaching out to us. We've, we've actually fielded teams at, at, at mass events, mass casualty events. We had a team on the, on the ground in um, Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. for over a week and uh, helping help out there. Down in Texas, we've had teams where we ministered to hundreds of police officers uh, because their peer teams were overwhelmed. And um, so we, you know, we actually will fly people in to help. Nice. How about, how about Seattle and Portland? They calling on you for any help? I went, I, I spent a lot of time up in Portland. In fact, um, Portland PD brought me up to speak to their, their uh, officers who were on their rapid response team Mm -hmm. and uh (laughs) i spent a lot of time i actually i was actually in the middle of some of the riots undercover and and uh what i saw was was amazing what i saw was and and and, in talking and in interviewing portland police officers they're some of the best cops i ever met yes i have a couple on my board yep highly trained highly motivated um are true believers in the law enforcement mission, and they keep on getting their teeth kicked in by their dumbass mayor, mm-hmm. and who is also their police commissioner and their city commission, and now the the uh, the laws that have been passed there um, basically have 
have just destroyed the morale in the agency. Yes. Destroyed it. And I don't know. It's there's nothing on the horizon that's that's it looks like it's even positive for change. No, it doesn't. Politically or uh, or anything. I don't know if it's nobody wants to step up and run against all these idiots or or what the deal is. But yeah, it seems seems pretty hopeless from what we're hearing. I'm not seeing I'm not seeing anything on the horizon, which which is devastating. So Portland cops are leaving in droves. Seattle cops, they're leaving in droves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it's, it's an exodus. And, um, you know, you know, who's going to wind up paying the price for it are the, are the citizens, but they're, they're too freaking dumb to elect people that, um, that have, that really have their best interests in mind when it comes down to public safety. Absolutely. So I, I don't understand what the, the apathetic, um, demeanor of the of the voting citizens. I I can't for the life of me figure it out. I mean, look at St. Louis. Yes. They just hired. They just elected a mayor who who was elected on the defund the police movement. Right. And they can't. Their murder rate is through the roof. Yes. They've got. They've got. Uh, they've got a. a, a <laughs> it just. They just had a police test. They. They, they didn't get one applicant. Oh, jeez. In the entire history of the St. Louis Police Department, this has never happened before. <laughs> wow. And, and <sighs> nobody seems alarmed by it, I'm sure. <laughs> it's, it's, it's shocking. It really is shocking. Yeah, we talked so, to, um, to Dave Smith about this on the podcast the other day. It's up is down and down is up and right is wrong and wrong is right. And nobody, in, nobody knows how to get this thing righted up again to where it even makes sense. That's right. And Dave, Dave Smith is one of the most brilliant intellectuals in policing. Yes. He analyzes everything um, and, and and can put the proper perspective on it. He's a brilliant, brilliant mind. And, uh, and he's, he's, he knows exactly what he's talking about. Well, I'm I'm bucking for him to bring back Buck Savage. I, I want him and Betsy to do a, a Mr. and Mrs. J.D. Buck Savage. Well, they they uh, they are the they are the perfect couple for it. Yes, they are. He he just laughed at me. I told him I didn't want much except for credit for being the one to tell him that he needed to do it. And uh, but I think we we need his humor back for one thing. Um, not to mention kind of the satire behind behind some of his stuff too, but we've, yeah. you know, we've, we've lost it. We, we have lost all ability to even use humor in a healthy way. And this is one of the things that I've been teaching. Um, I've recently been spending a lot of time down on the border with border patrol and we'll be headed back there numerous times over the next probably six to 12 months. And, you know, I've, I've told him, I said, this is a big part of it that we've stopped being able to even laugh at ourselves. Oh, exactly, and 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 everybody's scared to death to to say anything that's even funny because they're they're worried about the repercussions because from the woke generation, exactly. it is it is insanity. It is insanity. Well, Tom is about to retire. He has how many days left, Tom? Seven more working days. Oh, beautiful! <laughs> Good for you, man. That's fantastic. You short timer. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm putting him to work. So he's transitioning now from from uh, one job. And how long in law enforcement now, Tom? Twenty seven years. And most of that on a motor. Um, oh my god! Oh my god! Good in for you, Arizona. Man. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Twenty seven years on a motor. In Arizona, has got to be the equivalent of a lot more Holy somewhere shit. else. <laughs> well, well, I, I, what department were you with? Tempe, you with? Tempe Police Department. Okay, so I wonder if you know the guy who was on my board of directors, who was my personal mentor, was Frank Shankwitz from uh, the uh, Highway Patrol. The name doesn't ring a bell. I don't believe I know him. Well, Frank was with the Department of Public Safety was a cop for 40 years, but you know him more for what he accomplished. He created the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Oh, okay. Sure. 
And he did that when, when he was a motor cop. I knew I knew the name, but I didn't realize he was. Yeah, I didn't realize that was him. Arizona DPS. In fact, there is a film right now on Netflix called Wishman. It's all about his life, Mm -hmm. and it's actually the last movie that I filmed as well. So he was on my board of directors, and unfortunately, sadly, we lost him around a little before Christmas time of last year. That's too bad. Wow. Yeah, it seems to be hitting hitting a lot of our our nonprofits. We seem to be losing losing people who are working really hard to help law enforcement. I don't know if you know, we lost one here at Under the Shield. A Chandler officer killed April 29th. Chris Farrar uh, was actually my co-host on the podcast, and oh boy, he was killed in the line of duty. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been a difficult time at Under the Shield trying to to navigate new waters and figure out our new norm without without Chris. Um, we all loved him. He was quite a dork, but he was our <laughs> dork and um, quite the practical joker. And uh, and that's how I wound up with Tom here. He and he and Chris had worked together at one point and were friends. And um, so Tom wound up coming to see me after Chris died. But yeah, it's hard to lose the people that are really active and outspoken and and willing to speak out against uh, departments and the public and say, you know, we've got to make a change here. We've got to make some differences. Um, I have a whole list of families that that are chiefly police chiefs or investigators. From my uh, reporting on, on my show, Blue Lives Radio, the Voice of American Law Enforcement, and also appear on uh, two other shows uh, weekly. Um, one is called I Detective out of uh, New York State, and then LEO Roundtable with Chip DeBlock, uh, retired with uh, uh, Tampa police officer. And they're, 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 they're getting a lot of traction. Uh, my show um, is on iHeartRadio, plus the podcast on AmericaOutloud.com, and we're, we're getting about 300,000 listens per week. Nice. So it's it's pretty significant, and you know you know me. I, you know my organization, the Wounded Blue, mm-hmm. completely politically um, independent. We are not we we are not D's. We are not R's. We don't care what your political affiliation is. Well, we're and, not allowed to. Is, it's five hundred one c threes. We can't be. Well, and, and but but we exactly. But we you know I I don't cross that line. Right in my work with that organization. Now, when it comes down to my, my, uh, media stuff, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I don't hold back. <laughs> you know, Randy, I don't think you've ever held back in your life. <laughs> and I've witnessed that, <laughs> but that's what I've always loved and respected about you. You know, it, you're, you're like me. Don't ask me my opinion. Cause I'll give it to you. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And that's important. And that's something that we've got to start to stand up and speak out louder. And again, it's about what's right. It's not about right, wrong. I mean, it's not about left or right in the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. It's about common sense at this stage. Yes, that's that's absolutely right. And we just we have to keep up the fight. Um, uh, I think I think we're we're starting to see, I think a little bit of a change. I can tell you this, that, that, um, the, the whole, my, my, um, event that's taking place, the, the, the law enforcement survival summit, Mm -hmm. the only way that I could do that was because a prominent member of the, of the business community here in Las Vegas, um, a guy who is an incredible, civic leader, Guy Martin from Martin Harris Construction, the largest construction company in Nevada. Um, he and I were talking one day and he said, I was actually hitting him up for a, a sponsorship for the Brothers in Blue Badge. And he looked at me and he said, Randy, I could I could stroke you a check for five or ten thousand bucks right now. Mm-hmm. But if you if you had the resources, what would you do? if you wanted to have more of an impact and I said, it's very, that's very clear. Um, I said, uh, I would, I would create a training event 
that would help save lives of officers and bring in the finest presenters in the country. And he said, how much do you think that would cost? And I said, I'm only taking a guess. I said, 40, 50,000 bucks. Well, guess what? He made it happen. Good. So that's because there are people in this community that really do care about law enforcement Mm -hmm. and care about changing the perspectives and changing the, um, you know, where we are now and trying to right this, this, uh, this ship. Well, so, you know, I fully believe that that most people actually really do care about their cops. Absolutely. And that was one of the things that we've, we've seen so many positive things that have come about for under the shield. Uh, And it's horrible to say, and it hurts my heart even saying it, but Chris, this is what Chris would have wanted, but there are good things that came from Chris's death. And one of them was that we had a foundation reach out to us and they had never heard of under the shield. Even though I've been here nine years, been in business 30 and it was really interesting because I spoke at Chris's funeral and they heard part of my eulogy on the news. And so they reached out to us and said, you know, we give a $10,000 grant to organizations and we would like to put yours up for a vote. And they voted on it the end of June, Randy, and they came back and told us they weren't going to give us 10000 after reading our mission statement, and they wrote us a check for twenty-five. Wow! That's and amazing. that was huge for us. We've we've never had that. We've kind of operated probably a little bit too much in a vacuum of just trying to deal with anonymity for our officers and our clients and their families. And it's starting to come out now, and even officers are beginning to speak out and talk about the significance of coming to Under the Shield, where we're not mandated reporters. We don't care their name. And, you know, we try to explain to them the difference in confidentiality and anonymity. And we never, we never ask their name or who they work for. And it's funny. I, yeah. I'd laughed and told Tom one day, I had somebody that used to come and make me pull my car out of the garage <laughs> for them to park their motorcycle in my garage. They were so paranoid. And after about, I don't know, a couple of visits in the next thing I knew, they were practically carrying a flag around for under the shield. And (laughs) that's what has to happen. And that's, you know, that's why we talk about mental wellness. This isn't about mental illness. None of this is about mental illness. It's good people. Both of you should, both of you should come to the law enforcement survival summit. Well, we were trying Like I said, I did not know about it until just a few weeks ago. And one of our volunteers found out about it and she reached out, I think to y'all. And um, anyway, it, I think we've got a conflict of where I am in October because training oh. is now picking back up and things are kicking off. I'm gone almost the whole month of September. I, I told Tom, I'm not even sure I'll be alive October 1st. <laughs> um, I'm in so many different time zones. I'm not sure I'm going to know my name, but um, it's definitely something that we want to put down for next year and um, would love to be a presenter. Um, you know, if you're looking for people next year, because yeah, well, you know we're, we're, we're going to expand it next year, um, and we are. We're, it's going to be even bigger than than this year. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. And are you going to try for that same time period every year around Halloween? Um, I'm not sure. It all depends on the availability of um, of stage, and um, I don't. I don't know the answer to that question yet. Now, do you go to Police Week almost every year? Yes. Okay. So we'll we will all we will not be up there next October, year. However, but May May of next year, yes. Okay. Well, we'll definitely plan on getting together there because we will all be up there honoring our friend Chris. And uh, I'd love for you to meet a lot of the the guys and gals that were close to him that will be coming up there, including all of his family and stuff. And so I hate I can't get to Vegas in October because it is so close. But we certainly are going to put it. Put it down for something, hopefully for next year. And if you would let your let your folks know that uh, they were having this, we want to get as many many people uh, attending this as possible. Absolutely, I'll put it out on fa- on our Facebook page at Under the Shield. I'll make sure we get a link to your stuff so that they'll know. Is is there going to be a cutoff on attendance, or you're able to to grow yes. this? Okay. Yeah, we we've got a finite number, um, and then we're. What we're gonna, what we're probably gonna do is, uh, we're probably gonna offer virtual. 
event as well. Nice. So that those that can't make it, sure, or you know, are, are limited in their in their ability to uh, you know to travel because of the of the insanity. Yeah. So yeah. we're working on that right now. <laughs> we get another strain of COVID that's convenient for yeah, for right, certain yeah. parts of the political world. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, Randy, I tell you, we can't thank you enough for for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're going between Fox News as a contributor and and all these other things that you're doing. And uh, just want you to know you've got our support here at Under the Shield. Anyway, we can help. Again, I'd like for you and I to get with the congressman here, if possible, at some point and push this through because it is too important. We see him on the couch every day. And it's... It's something that people don't really understand until it affects their home or their families. And there yep, are things exactly, we can do. Exactly so, right. We can prevent this stuff. We can help a lot of people not get to the state where they are right now. And the departments have got to start to be a little more progressive in their thinking, a little more open-minded about they don't have all the answers in place already. And let's start trying some new stuff. Absolutely right. Well, I appreciate uh, being on, on your show. Great, it's great to talk to you again. And uh, thanks. Uh, I, enjoy your uh, your your newfound retirement, Tom. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and Randy, I'm sure we'll have you back on maybe afterwards, and you can give us an update on how how the summit went and where you're headed with it from there. Sure will. And uh, for, for if you are listening to this show and you want to know more about it, go to thewoundedblue.org. And uh, if you want to participate um, in being a sponsor or taking some other role, contact me, Randy, at thewoundedblue.org. Terrific. And we thank our listeners for listening in. You've been with us again today. And we had the infamous Lieutenant Randy Sutton out of Las Vegas Metro PD. And we can be reached at 855-889-2348. That's for all first responders, military, and families. We never ask your name. We never ask who you work for. When you need help, there's someone here 24-7 ready to give you some level of assistance. We have resources all over the place, and we just want you to know how much we love all of you and appreciate the sacrifices that you make each and every day, as well as the sacrifices the families make. I think that's something, Tom, we probably need to spend a little more time talking about on our show Having, I agree. Having been the wife of a law enforcement officer, it's it's a thankless job. <laughs> and people kind of look at you a little bit funny. Yeah, worrying every day that whether your loved one's going to come home from work, that's got to be a tough position to be in. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So stay tuned for next week's uh, guest appearance. And uh, again, Randy, thank you. And we will look forward to having you on again in the future. My pleasure. Good to talk to you guys. You Thanks, Randy. Take care.